The epistle lesson is from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then the wise men had departed. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to seek, search for this child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all the region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled that was spoken of the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard from Ram, weeping in loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping her children, she refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that there was a reigning, um, Achilles was reigning over Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. He was warned in a dream he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And when he went and lived in a city named Nazareth, that is what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let no tongue on earth be silent. By Dr. Glenn E. Schaefer. The text for our meditation this morning is from Isaiah 63, verses 7 through 9. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior. In all their afflictions, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. 
in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. This is our text. Dear Christian friends, in the early days of Christianity, a company of 40 Christian wrestlers in the Roman army were ordered to place a pinch of incense by the Caesar's statue. To a man, they refused and were stripped of their clothes and sent out on an ice-covered lake to perish. Through the night, their song was heard. Forty wrestlers wrestling for thee, O Christ, claim for thee the victory and from thee the victor's crown. As the night went on, the sound of their singing grew fainter as one by one their voices were silenced by death. Finally, only one soldier remained alive, and he came crawling to him to say that he would give the offering. A burly sergeant immediately offered to take his place, stripped off his armor, and marched onto the ice to sing, Forty wrestlers wrestling for thee, O Christ, claim for thee the victory, and from thee the victor's crown. Finally, as the day began to dawn, his voice was also silenced by death. The unbelieving world has always wanted to silence the Christian message that the angels proclaimed to the shepherds and which the shepherds claimed to the people of Bethlehem and which the wise men announced to Herod the Great. Herod tried to permanently silence the message by having the Christ child murdered by slaughtering the innocent male children in Bethlehem. But thankfully, an angel of the Lord warned Joseph in a dream to take the child and Mary and flee to Egypt. The Christian church remembers these innocent lives slaughtered every year on December 28th. The Christian church also observes the feast of St. Stephen on December 26th. Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was killed by a violent mob of Jewish religious zealots who opposed Christ and despised the Christian message and tried to silence it. December 27th is the festival of St. John the Apostle. And again, the government authorities tried to silence his voice by banishing him to the island of Patmos. In all these cases, the enemy of Christ's church failed in their futile attempts to silence the Christian message. Although Christians and Christian ministries are beginning to be overtly persecuted and attacked in the USA as they are sued and vandalized by the enemy of Christ and his followers, thankfully, we are not yet at the point in this country where Christians are being stripped of our clothing and left to die on the ice-crusted shores of Lake Michigan. 
because we refuse to worship the false gods of this age. The governor of Michigan doesn't send police to police people's homes to slaughter their firstborn children, to rid the country of the Christian menace. Our neighbors are not taking up stones and trying to silence us. No, today in the USA, the silence of the Christmas message is much more deceptive and insidious. Today, Christ is canceled from our Yuletide celebration and in the name of tolerance and respect for other faith-based and secular-minded people. Merry Christmas is replaced with Happy Holidays. Holy Child is replaced with I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. School halls and classrooms are decorated with elves, reindeer, and Santa Claus. Gone are the cows, sheep, shepherds, Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. The infant Jesus is replaced with a generous, old, white-bearded man. Sadly, as many of us gather with family and friends, we find ourselves observing the holiday season with no mention of it being the Christmas season because we are fearful that we might offend someone if we mention the Christ child's name and mission. Even some of our favorite Christmas hymns give the impression that we should be silent during the Christmas season. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Or, how silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given. There was nothing silent or calm about the evening that Jesus was born. Bethlehem was teeming with people. Hotels were full. Families were gathered. Food and beverage were being enjoyed. Music was being sung and danced to. Sheep bleated and cows mooed. And a pregnant mother's cry could be heard as she gave birth to a baby boy. And the heavens burst forth with an angelic choir. And some shepherds ran through the streets of Bethlehem shouting, The Messiah has come. The son of David has been born. Now to be fair, not all Christmas hymns give the impression that we should celebrate Christ's birth in silence. For example, Go Tell It on the Mountain exhorts us to shout the news of Jesus' birth from the mountaintops and over the hills and everywhere. In one of the oldest Christmas hymns dated from the 4th century of the Father's love begotten proclaims, Let no tongue on earth be silent. We have many good reasons to break silence, to refuse to have our tongues tied. Isaiah broke the silence of his day. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them, according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. The people of Judah did not want to hear the prophetic words of Isaiah. 
despite the love God had displayed for them in miraculous ways, they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Isaiah catalogs God's merciful dealings with the people of Israel. Isaiah reminds them of how God led them out of Egypt into the promised land by raising a leader named Moses. He reminds them of how God used his glorious arm of power to separate the waters of the Red Sea. He reminds them of the angel of his presence who guided and saved them time and again as they journeyed through the wilderness. Isaiah reminds them that God so identified with his chosen people that in their distress, he was distressed too. God did many amazing miracles for his people. He fulfilled many promises he made to them. Who could remain silent when God did such amazing wonders for them? The psalmist proclaims, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked for salvation for him. But the people of Israel didn't want to sing. They didn't even want to hear of God's saving acts. They wanted Isaiah to be silent. They wanted Isaiah and the other prophets sent by God muted. But Isaiah and his colleagues refused to have their tongues tied. In the opening verse of our text, Isaiah, in effect, proclaims, Let no tongue on earth be silent. The Christmas message of God's saving work of sinful mankind through his Son is worthy of worldwide declaration. This is shown by the fact that the Lord sent angels to announce the birth of the Christ child. An angel was sent to Zechariah. An angel was sent to Mary. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. An angel and a multitude of heavenly messengers heralded God's birth announcement to the shepherds. God even used the constellations of the sky to declare the birth of the one who participated in the creation of the stars. This child is the eternal word made flesh. He is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of God's glory, and the exact representation of his being. Joseph Damien was a missionary in the 19th century who ministered to the people on the island of Molokai, Hawaii. Those suffering grew to love him and revered the sacrificial life he lived. One morning, before Joseph was to lead the daily worship, he was pouring hot water into a cup when the water swirled out and fell onto his bare foot. It took Joseph a moment to realize that he had not felt any sensation. Gripped by the sudden fear of what this could mean, he poured more hot water on the same spot. No feeling whatsoever. Damien knew immediately what had happened. As he began to deliver his sermon, no one at first noticed the difference in the opening line. 
he normally began his sermons with, my fellow believers. But this morning he began with, my fellow lepers. In an even greater measure, God's son came to this world knowing what it would cost him. Even though the son of Mary is God in the flesh, this child named Jesus experienced everything that causes us distress. He was tempted in every way that were tempted, but he did not sin. He was willing to assume the leprosy of our sin, even the death sentence for our sin. Do you know of any other religion besides Christianity that is so bold as to admit that God is vulnerable, that God puts himself at the mercy of others, that he is willing to assume the death sentence for our sin. Nothing is so helpless, so dependent, so fragile and frail as a baby, and yet that is how God chose to save this world. God subjects himself to such a life because of the love for his creation and his desire to restore his creation to its pristine condition. Many years ago, Harry Reasoner, the TV newscaster, wrote these words about Jesus' vulnerability. It is so revolutionary a thought that it could only come from a God who is beyond logic and beyond theology. It has a magnificent appeal. Almost nobody has seen God, and almost nobody has any idea of what he looks like. But everyone has seen babies, and most people like them. If God wanted to be loved as well as feared, he moved correctly here. If he wanted to know his people as well as rule them, he moved correctly here. For a baby growing up learns all about people. If God wanted to be intimately a part of men, he moved correctly here. For the experience of birth and familyhood is our most intimate and precious experience. Christmas is the story of God the baby, God at the mercy of man. Because of Jesus' vulnerability, there is no place too dark, too small, too ordinary, or too troubled, or no life too insignificant where Jesus will not come. Do you not think that such a God who has come in the flesh feels your distress or weeps as you sorrow or empathizes with your fears or understands the seduction of temptation? Who do you know that needs to be enfolded with the love of God in Christ? Who do you know that needs the comfort of Christ's peace? Who do you know needs the hope of the crucified and resurrected Lord? Who do you know? Let no tongue on earth be silent. Reverend Rohner was a missionary sent by the LCMS to Liberia. While in Liberia, Rohner met Joe Numa. Joe Numa, a slightly built man, was called Big Joe 
because of his respected standing among the Kisi people of Liberia, West Africa. Joe was slated to be the village's next witch doctor, but upon hearing the good news about Jesus Christ, he was converted and became an avid disciple of Jesus Christ. In fact, Joe was the first African that Rohner baptized. When Rohner left the mission field in 1988, Joe accompanied him to the airport and reluctantly told him about a dream he had the night before. In the dream, Rohner had died, and so Joe was convinced he would never again see his American friend. I assured him that even if I died, we'd see each other in heaven because we believe in Jesus, Rohner recalls. Three months later, on December 19, Rohner received a phone call from Liberia. Joe had fallen from the top of a palm tree and had broken his neck. He was taken to a hospital in Monrovia where he lay paralyzed several weeks before he died. After Joe's death, Rohner received a letter from his friend that had been dictated from his hospital bed. In the letter, Joe admitted his dream had been wrong. He, not Rohner, would be the first to die. But I remember what you said about being in heaven, and he thanked Rohner. The only reason I am going to heaven is because you came to my country and my village to tell me about Jesus. And then Joe added one sentence that Rohner said he will never forget. He said, please don't stop telling people about Jesus. There are too many Joes in other lands and in our own neighborhoods and homes to be silent. Please do not let your tongue be silent. Friends, make it your personal resolution this year to go to your family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, and fellow students and recount the steadfast love of the Lord. Tell them of the deeds for which God's to be praised according to all the Lord has done through us through Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen.